0: Off The Ball GAA I
1: don't know I'm ever 100% but uh, just be, be able to get through trainings without having a little niggle or a little pain just being grateful to be play Join
0: in the obsession Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join The Lunchtime Wrap On Off The Ball With Energia Proud sponsor of Irish Rugby Think of the possibilities It's Tuesday, the 15th of August. This is the Lunchtime Wrap and I'm Cameron Hill. Good afternoon. The Lunchtime Wrap on Off the Ball is with Energia, proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Think of the possibilities. And to football we go first and Spain are into the Women's World Cup final after a 2-1 win over Sweden in Auckland this morning. La Roja opened the scoring in the 81st minute, courtesy of a Sama goal before the Swedes equalised through Rebecca Blumkist, and in a frantic finish at Eden Park, Olga Carmona netted the winner in the 89th minute. It's the first time in their history that Spain have reached the final and they will now face either England or Australia in Sunday's decider. Their semi-final kicks off in Sydney at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. A Manchester City fullback Rico Lewis has signed a new contract with the Premier League champions, which will see him at the club until 2028. The 18 year old Academy graduate enjoyed a breakthrough season for Pep Guardiola's side last year as they won the treble in the previous campaign. He became the youngest player in Champions League history to score in his first start in the competition. Manchester United got their Premier League campaign off to a winning start last night. A second half goal from Rafael Varane helped the Red Devils to a 1 0 win at home to Wolves but football writer Daniel Harris believes last night's performance shows that the midfield remains a weak point in Eric Ten Hag's side. Harris joined this morning's off-the-ball breakfast and explained that the acquisition of Mason Mount from Chelsea over the summer has not been enough to shore up the problems in the centre of the park.
2: I think Mason Mount is a good player. He's a player that I've always admired but never coveted but I don't think he was the right player to put into this team because if you think about it, you've got Casemiro who generally plays in front of the back four but a lot of his best work last season came actually much further forward where it turned out that he was better better in that position almost as a number eight, better around the opposition box and a little bit deeper than that than, than we thought he was because he never had to really do that for Real Madrid. The thing is, is his legs aren't what they were, so expecting him to cover the entire width of the pitch while you've got two other blokes, Bruno and Mason Mount, whose job really is to make stuff happen around the edge of the box, makes it very difficult because how do you get the ball from one to the other? And in my opinion, you needed another player. So I, the kind of player that I would have signed, I believe we have to call it a profile these days. Uh, I personally call it a kind of player the kind of player that united needed i thought was someone who was able to fill in for casemiro let's call it a number six as a number six but more often would play as a number eight so you'd almost have two players casemiro and someone else who was quite similar who might eventually be his successor but who was a bit more physical than mason Mount is whose job really is to get the ball from casemiro from this Sandro martinez to the more creative players in front now It may be that Mason Mount is someone who's able to do that, but if it is, then Mason Mount's going to have to become a different player to the player that he is. I don't think that the model say that Pep Guardiola had in his first Manchester City team, where he had a six and two eights, would work with these players, because the six was Fernandinho, who was an athletic monster and at his peak, And Casemiro is not at his physical peak. He might be at his footballing peak in terms of his footballing intelligence, in terms of his ability to affect the game in attack, but physically he can't cover for two eights ahead. And if you look at who Guardiola's two eights were, one of them was Kevin De Bruyne, who when he's fit is another physical monster. He's quick, but he's also physical, he's strong. And the other one was David Silva, who never gives the ball away. And if you look at who United have got, they've got Bruno Fernandes and Mason Mount, neither of whom, are physically strong although both can run and also they're both players that you're asking to gamble you're asking to try stuff and when that happens you're gonna see more matches like the game against wolves last night where if you've got teams and i looked at wolves midfield before the game and I wolves obviously a lot of people are tipping them to go down then you look at the midfield and you see the mina gomez nunez and i thought That is a proper midfield. And if you look at Cunha in front, you've got power, you've got strength, you've got intelligence, you've got a lot of things that are problematic for United. And so it's no great surprise when I see that United are interested in Sofian Amrabat and interested in um, Amadou Anana. But even then, if you look at those players, my problem with them would be that are you going to end up spending 60 million quid on Mason Mount and say 40 to 60 million quid on one of them. When what you really needed to do is take all of that money and buy one player. So if you look at the way Chelsea have done it, there are obviously questions about whether what they're doing is allowed and whether what's actually going to happen with Chelsea is that they're going to get a ban, a transfer ban for infringing FFP rules once they've signed all the players in the world that exist already. So it makes no difference. They don't need any players. But, if you look at what they've done in their midfield, they've massively overpaid for Enzo Fernandes and they've massively overpaid for Moises Caicedo. But what have they actually got? They've got two of the players who look like they're going to be the best of the next generation and they've got them signed to long contracts. Meanwhile, the three officials who
0: controversially
2: chose not to award
0: Wolves a penalty at Old Trafford last night haven't been selected for this weekend's matches. Referee Simon Hooper, VAR official Michael Salisbury and his assistant Richard West won't get a game. Elite referees manager John Moss apologised to Wolves boss Gary O'Neill after United goalkeeper Andre Onana took out Sasa Kaleidzic in stoppage time. Rangers bring a 2 1 lead to Switzerland for the second leg of their Champions League third qualifying round tie against Servette tonight. Kickoff is at half past seven. To rugby next and England captain Owen Farrell will likely learn his fate today following the red card he received in Saturday's match against Wales. He faces a disciplinary hearing that could affect his participation at the World Cup. England's first two pool matches in France are the toughest they'll face against Argentina first and then Japan. Elsewhere France are still coming to terms with the unavailability of Roman Entomac at next month's tournament. The Toulouse out half was ruled out yesterday after suffering an ACL injury during Saturday night's warm-up victory over Scotland in Saint-Étienne. Bordeaux's Mathieu Jellibert and La Rochelle-aced Antoine Astoy are among the backup options for head coach Fabien Galtier, but Matt Williams believes the loss of Intimac will have a knock-on effect for the tournament as a whole. The former Scotland coach joins Joe Malloy on Monday Night Rugby.
1: nothing against Jellibert or Hasdell, really they're fine players. Um, Gélibert is a very, very good player and, and you know, he's, he's an international player. But it is Intermac's understanding and and, and link w- with Dupont that seems to make that combination just exceptional just exceptional they just seem to instinctively know where each other is on the field and when to pass and what to do and that that not being there definitely works France, definitely works and so you know just for the for the young man you could. When he grabbed it really reminded me, Joe, like over all the years you watch it, when you see someone grab a limb, like automatically grab a limb, it just reminds us, that takes us back to, to when we were animals. It's it's an animal instinct. And he came into that tackle and it was nothing in it, and he as he hit the ground, he put two hands on his knee. And I just thought, oh, I think he might have done something badly there. And sure enough, anterior cruciate. And the other thing with anterior cruise they don't give it the bad ones. Don't give you excruciating pain. If you get excruciating pain, it's actually a good sign. It's when you just get this numb, dull, something's wrong, but I'm not sure, which you could see he had it. He wasn't writhing on the ground. I kept thinking, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. And sure enough, the poor young man's out. And, and if we just, you know, imagine, put ourselves in his boots for a minute and walk a mile, he'll never get a, a, a home cup, a home World Cup again. They've been building for this for years and years, their dreams, all this, and it tells you something about our sport. It can be taken away from you in an instant. And we all know it, but when you see it, it it just reminds you, you can't take any of it for granted. It will definitely weaken France, and I'm sure Galtier will be telling the story of of the New Zealand team that won it in New Zealand in 2011, that lost Cruden and Carter, but they still found a way to win it. France will still be very, very strong, but uh, the tournament's lost lost one, one of its, uh, what potentially one of its great. Uh this, for sure.
0: Ben Stokes is expected to come out of one day international retirement to make himself available to play for England at this autumn's Cricket World Cup. The all-rounder would play only as a specialist batter due to an ongoing knee injury. He walked away from the fifty over format last year, calling the sport's schedule unsustainable. England's selectors are meeting today to pick their squad for the tournament. There's a race meeting on the all weather at Dundalk today from one forty. And on this day in twenty twenty one, football icon Gerd Muller died from Alzheimer's disease. Age 75. A goal-scoring machine for Bayern Munich and West Germany, Müller nabbed 68 goals and in 62 international appearances, including the winner in the 1974 World Cup final in Munich. He is one of only nine players to win the World Cup, the European Cup or UEFA Champions League, and the Ballon d'Or. With 365 goals for Bayern, he still holds the title of all time top goalscorer in the Bundesliga. That's all for Tuesday's lunchtime wrap. Keep up to date with the latest analysis and opinions with the updated Off the Ball app. Take care. The lunchtime wrap. On Off the Ball. With Energia, proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Think of the possibilities.